Amanda and Baron, and we are back again. Our sponsor for this second half is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. So if you guys are looking to buy a home or sell a home or just not sure where to start, definitely give her a call at 503-409-4389. And also please continue to pray for her. So I have her book in my hand. Yes. And it's going to tie in a little bit to the next oh. portion. Okay. But I was reading this uh, over Christmas break. Christmas of 1944 was a turning point in the Battle of the Bulge. Mm-hmm. And most of the major wars, like World War One, and even now during what's going on at Hamas, there has been a truce fire agreed upon on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. During World War One, they decided not to fight each other on Christmas Day. Really? Yeah. Like yeah. just a pause. Let's. It was just. just it was like both sides agreed we will not bomb each other on Christmas Day during World War One. I'd be so on edge. <laughs> right? I Are would they going like, to honor their right. side of the agreement? Or is this our because, chance to? Well, and that's that's what. <laughs> Oh, I that's, see how you that's are. That's what happened during World War II <laughs> is it was Christmas Day in, in Belgium, and Fritz, which is the other half of the story, he's German. So in this little village he's in in Belgium, he comes wandering on Christmas Day. Well, we at that point, the Allied forces had about three to one ratio of planes. The German planes were seriously depleted, and we had an advantage. And they bombed the crap out of this little village on Christmas Day. And Otto goes into this church and he sees this little Belgian girl and at that point he's like, I don't even know what I'm fighting for anymore. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Except what I read in the book that is so intriguing it put put a lot of things in perspective for me. The Battle of the Bulge, we lost 86,000 Americans. Wow. That we know of. Right. Mm -hmm. And there are 50,000 Americans that are unaccounted for. Whoa. They So really we lost 130. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's just 50, call it what it is. Yeah. I mean, here you sit at home and as much as you don't want that letter, someone comes along and said, Your son died in Germany. But yeah. you know he died. Mm-hmm. What about the ones who don't know what happened? And some of them were literally blown to, sh- to yeah. pieces in a blast. They died, a tank ran over them, whatever. There were fifty thousand Americans. That's a lot. In Belgium as we took Germany. So here we sit at the end of December. Just remember what the families are going through in 1944. Yeah. Wow. And, and our sponsor for the second half, her dad was one of them. Yeah. So I just wanted to give gratitude to Absolutely. those guys. Absolutely. You know. mm-hmm. Well, the other way this ties in the second half is this guy that we were talking about, Otto Warburg. And just a little history on who he was, or yeah, was. He's passed away. He was born October the 8th, 1883. And at 23 years old, he got a Ph.D. in chemistry Mm -hmm. in 1906 at 23. And then five years later, he got a Ph.D. in medicine. Impressive. Yeah. Very smart guy. (laughs) Yeah. Very smart guy. Um, he, He was nominated 47 times for the Nobel Peace Prize in medicine. Wow. And he won it. In 1931. What's going on in Germany in 1931? Hitler's gaining power. Mm-hmm. Right? Otto Warburg is openly gay, has a husband that he walks through the streets of Berlin with, and he's Jewish. That's like two strikes against <laughs> yeah. you in Hitler's world. Mm-hmm. Right. 
except Hitler's mother had died of breast cancer. And he was fascinated in his head with cancer. And so he created an oncology division of the Third Reich. And he got the smartest scientist he could find to figure out what the heck was going on with cancer. He was just obsessed with his mother's death with breast really? cancer. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Otto Warburg's life was spared, even though he was openly gay and Jewish, to become part of the Third Reich's oncology clinic. Oh, wow. Pretty amazing. That is, actually. And he, and like many scientists, he begins to theorize. But here's what I think is intriguing, and Mickey brought this up. Um, he's investigating the metabolism of tumors and the respiration of cells, particular cancer cells, which is what got him the Nobel Peace, the Nobel Peace Prize of Physiology. He discovered the nature and mode of action of the respiration enzyme. In particular, he discovered that animal tumors produce large quantities of lactic acid, which is what, what? Mickey? What is lactic acid? Acid. It's acid. It's acidic. <laughs> so acidic. Right. It's right. acidic. So he discovered that animal tumors were animals. Animal tumors have large quantities of acidic environment. Right. right? Fermentation of sugar, essentially. Fermentation of sugar. So That's the answer you were looking for, right? Sorry. Right, yeah. So <laughs> Warburg theorized that, again, any scientist has a theory, they have to prove the theory. So he theorized that cancer growth is caused by tumor cells generating energy mainly by anaerobic breakdown of glucose. Sugar. Mm-hmm. Sugar. This, in contrast to healthy cells, which ge- generate energy mainly from oxidative breakdown of pyruvate. Pyruvate is an end product of glycosylicin and is oxidated within the mitochondria, Hence, according to Warburg, cancer should be interpreted as a mitochondrial dysfunction. It's a lot of really fancy words. Yeah, land the plane there. Yeah. (laughs) But here's his direct quote. So that's a big theory. There's a lot of chemical, there's a lot of scientific blah, blah, blah in that, Mm -hmm. right? But Otto Warburg said, and this is his direct quote, cancer, above all the diseases, has countless secondary causes. I think that first sentence is just so critical. Mm Mm-hmm. Cancer, above all the diseases, has countless secondary causes. Mm -hmm. And what do we do currently? We deal with the main cause, which is the tumor, and we go cut the tumor out. We don't look at the secondary causes, Mm -hmm. which is why the cancer tends to come back. Yeah. But even for cancer, there is only one, one prime cause. Summarized in a few words, the prime cause is the replacement of respiration of oxygen in normal body cells by a fermentation of sugar. Okay? So I'm going to let Mickey break that down a little bit better. So it's the replacement of respiration of oxygen, which means it's oxygen-rich. Oxygen-deprived. Respiration of oxygen, oxygen-deprived. In a normal body, caused by the fermentation of sugar, which is... Acidic. Acidic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hypoxic. You know, very fancy words, but what he's saying is that it's... Say it again, the whole thing. Hypoxic, acidic environment. So it's oxygen... Oxygen deprived, acidic environment. So it's fermentation of sugar creates an acidic environment. And the inability to respirate, in other other words, get good stuff in and bad stuff out. Yeah. Right? Breathe, essentially. 
So anyone that has listened to you be a guest before, mm-hmm. you talk a lot about the the Kangen water, right? Which is helping you create what an alkaline environment, oxygenated alkaline environment, and that's that's what got my attention with it. Because like you said, I didn't use the water with cancer. I always want to be really clear with that. It's not the silver bullet. Um, and the oxygen isn't a magic. Formula, no. just so our listeners are clear. We're not no. telling you drink the Neither is alkalinity, although I've heard in other countries they're doing some um, alkaline therapy um, on tumors, like like injecting oh. baking soda and alkaline um, serum, if you will, on tumors, and it's dissipating them. However, that's not the underlying cause. That, again, is a topical treatment mm-hmm. you know um which is why i think it's so interesting that he said cancer well disease it has countless secondary, secondary causes, causes. Yeah. There's yeah lots of things that are contribute to cancer right but what's the primary cause yeah so when i had cancer the protocol was so simple it's almost ridiculous which like you were saying earlier it's so simple really it's this simple get good things into the cells get bad things out of the cells and then stop doing the bad things. So in today's Which misinformation simple, age, easy to do. especially in today's misinformation age, right. because there's so much controversy about what's good and what's bad, but I like to keep it as simple as possible if God made it, eat it, and if he didn't, don't. In other words, plants and animals that ate plants. Mm-hmm. Simple, right? Um, so We had a guess on long. He says if it, if it rots <laughs> or walks, right. eat it. There you go. Rots or walks. That sounds really appetizing, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It's another like, one of those visuals. <laughs> right. Sorry, so <laughs> I was doing, I had heard that cancer can't live in an alkaline environment. I had heard that. And so I'm juicing wheatgrass and eating raw vegan, you know, carrots, kale, and cucumbers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and trying to get my body in an alkaline state, et cetera, et cetera. Um, walking to get oxygen moving, although I hadn't heard that part of, you know, Warburg's. Um, statement until much later. The the water came into my world almost two years after my second diagnosis and literally rolled my eyes at it because I'm like, what do I need a water doohickey for? I, I got wheatgrass. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tasted wheatgrass. It's a little bit like licking a lawnmower. Okay, it just does, <laughs> literally doesn't, doesn't taste <laughs> and I, and good. And I smelled a lawnmower after fresh yes. grass. So okay. I'm sure it tastes very similar. It's delicious <laughs> if you are a cow. Okay. Um, but it's the molecules are like one molecule away from human blood. So that's mm-hmm. why it's so you know interesting for wow. consuming. Yeah. It's really it's like the lifeblood of the earth. You take in directly. It's super healing. Anyway, super oxygenating. Um, when I learned about the water, here's what got my attention. Water's the transport system. And energized water is broken down so that it's smaller water molecules. And being energized, it literally takes your body out of fight or flight mode so that it can relax and take in oxygen and nutrients. Water carries all oxygen and nutrients into your cells and all of the waste out of your cells. So if it's doing that better, good stuff in, bad stuff out, well, that just makes sense to me. So that was like the light bulb moment that got me interested in it because it's the transport system and it makes up 75% of your body. So I was like, oh my God, you are what you eat. This is the mantra that we have been told forever. If you're 75% water, dude, you are what you drink. Right. <laughs> and right. we, as Americans, we drink everything but, right? But, like, w- your car is designed to run on gas. If you put anything but gas in your car, 
it's you're gonna have a breakdown. You're not going nowhere. So you said something a minute ago that I love to bring to attention people that anyone who's been with the medical community they know that they take the Hippocratic oath. Hippocrates huh. was this great philosopher, and 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 so the medical community believes that they are taking the Hippocratic oath, which is do no harm. Which I, that's a whole different show. Right <laughs> Let's go down that route. Yeah. We all look at each other like <laughs> I know. Ah, that's not that's, that. a whole, that's a whole other show. But so the Hippocratic oath they say is do no harm, except what Hippocrates said is let food be thy medicine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just said, if food is your medicine, then water is the transport system and get right. food into your cells. Right. Let's Why aren't we talking do, about this? Let's talk about what Hippocrates yeah. actually did say. Well, right? and when I had cancer, I was like, here, eat. Here's a list of things that you cannot eat. The list was huge. And here's a, here's a little tiny list of things that you can eat and P.S. drink some water. Which, OPS, OPS. I mean, you know, we all know we're supposed to drink water. How much are you supposed to drink? Eight glasses a day. Like, how many ounces is in that glass? Is it a one-size-fits-all thing? Like, let's talk about the details. Right. Um, but let's talk about the quality of water because the quality of gas isn't the same. The quality of wine isn't the same. Like, there's, you know, if, if yeah. water's water, let's all drink out of the toilet. Good way to put it. Yeah, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and if anyone's been to any of the... The seminars that we do with Mickey, we did one just recently here in Salem, and we've done a couple of them in, in Vancouver. And I'm sitting here watching this demonstration of this water, and water is not all created equal. <laughs> a little bit eye-opening. A, li- a lot of eye-opening yeah. for me, a lot of eye-opening, because she utilizes these drops that give mm-hmm. water color. Mm-hmm. And so when you can see the color, you go, wow. That's the part that sticks out in everybody's head, which is why I think everybody calls it alkaline water, because it's a pH indicators, mm-hmm. right? So I'm putting pH drops into bottled water and well water and tap water and, and Kangen water. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns purple. Like the goal is not purple water. When we talk about alkalinity, it's pH, it's potential hydrogen. Hydrogen is a gas. It's very alkalizing, mm-hmm. right? Um, but water, more importantly, is the transport system of nutrients and oxygen into the cells. Regular water doesn't do that as well because it's polluted, because in nature, you would never drink still water. You would never go to a pond or a puddle and drink the water because it's poison, right? So in those blue zones, they're drinking water that's moving, Waterfalls and streams. It's, it's a you know smaller communities, obviously a different thing, but it's it's moving. It has energy, and that's a really important piece. Because the other thing that I learned about water that I didn't learn until much later is that water is the conductor of energy. So you would never stand in water and work on electricity, right? Why? Because water is a good conductor of energy. So if you're drinking still water that's been in a bottle or in an aquifer for months, weeks, years, there's no energy in it. Even about those waters that you get at Costco, how long ago were they bottled and shipped? Right. Oh, don't even get me started about the plastic and how it leaches xenoestrogen and all. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, before we get into too many different shows, right? Sorry. What I do want to proudly announce, I'm so excited to make this announcement because we've got about ten minutes. I really want Mickey to give you your vision. Uh, we 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 hired a tourniquet cancer. We created the bylaws to basically protect the organization. We created someone on our board that's going to go find potential new chapter people. That person had a great conversation with Mickey. Mm-hmm. And the very first chapter of Kicking Cancer is in Vancouver, Washington. That's awesome. And I'm Mickey, the first Prevenger. Woo-woo! Yes. 
Um, we, because I got the nickname of Kicking Cancer Guy. Mm-hmm. She's the Kicking Cancer Guide. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> She's Thanks. guiding the the, the yeah, yeah community. the community. Um, and I brought a book that that I've shared with you before. It's it's kind of that first year and what was happening. And I laid out five things that I wanted to do. And amazingly, everything that I laid out has happened. But I want you to hear what the vision Mickey sees. For the Vancouver community. Where, so, where are we headed? <laughs> well, I own a wellness center in Vancouver, Washington. And what what I'm hoping to achieve is to reach other wellness centers and share my vision with them. Because this is, this is a movement that I see spreading across not just America, but global. What I would like to see happen is to create... So you've got Go teams mm-hmm. that support people with cancer. I would like to create Go to teams as well. So the go-to team is your network of naturopaths and practitioners and health coaches and people with experience in these areas that are really lacking in the medical community. Like as as the the masses, as mainstream knows cancer, you get cancer, you go through chemo and radiation. Well, that works about 2% of the time. What else is there? Mm -hmm. Well, there's this whole other world of naturopathic wellness practitioners that exist beyond the veil. And I really want to put feet to that to help help people create networks of, of go teams in their areas so that people have more options. Because, again, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. And if you don't. Shall we announce our YouTube channel that's coming up? It's coming. It's coming. Don't announce it yet. Go ahead. That was a no. That was a no. <laughs> no, only because I've been procrastinating, and there is. <laughs> well, no. I, 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 I feel bad interrupting your train of thought. No, with my brain. Yeah, we we have a we have a YouTube channel that's called No Better Do Better. Okay. And she's been in contact with the young people doing that. We're gonna we're gonna piggyback that, and it's a phrase that Mickey uses. You don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And what she can do. This is really kind of fun. Is when the podcasts go out, I share it on social media. But if she creates a, a YouTube channel mm-hmm. called You Don't Know What You Don't Know and do what she does so well and say, <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. And guess who's telling you what you don't know? And then she can then share information but also guide them back to our podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is, is I don't know everything and I don't want to. So I am a master networker and I am, you know, here's my call out to the people that do know. So I want to... Contact you. Yeah. I want to... Yourwaterlady at (laughs) gmail.com. I I want to be able to... to bless the community and the practitioners that are trying to do what we're already doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I had a conversation with a gal on the way here and she's a health coach and she's connected with a naturopath in Florida and they help people with cancer. And my word for the year, and this is hilarious because Barrett and I talked about this. Wait, do you hear this, Amanda? So my word for the year is serendipity. I always choose a word for the year. And, you know, I thought long and hard about this. And I thought, you know what? I believe that I am right where I'm supposed to be. Um, I said, God, give me a sign. And boop, here you go. Here's your kicking cancer thing. And thank you, Baron, for taking all the hard work out of it and handing Mm -hmm. me this, you know, built for you system that I'm so excited about because it's what I've been doing for 30 years anyway. I just didn't know what I didn't know. And 
so I'm talking with her and I'm like, this is, this is where we're going. I want to help people find the people. So as a connector, if you will. So my word is serendipity. Baron and I sat down and he said, you want to know what my word was for the first year we did kicking cancer? Serendipitous. <laughs> really? Really, really. That's when, awesome. it, when anything would happen that didn't seem like it made sense why it would happen, it was serendipitous, <laughs> which is just a, I guess it's a play on serendipity. Yeah. But this is why I knew when Mickey and I got to know each other more and more, it's like we were meant to meet because she wants her first year to use the exact same word that yeah. our first year worked. Isn't that crazy? That is. Like, we didn't know that. We did not have that conversation. Well, the other, the other conversation we did not have until I just heard her say this. So you're creating this go-to teams. Mm-hmm. My At the end of the first year... We incorporated, made a nonprofit. I went to a website company, which is our current website, and I said, here's what I want to do. I want to take all these little birds that are out there chirping, mm-hmm. and I want to create a megaphone for them. Mm-hmm. I want to give them a way to, to express themselves through a website. I want to connect all the little yeah. chirping birds. That's what you want to do, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, the hard work, some of the hard work's been done, and now we just make the megaphone even bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm excited to see it grow yeah. and what it becomes. Me too. Me too. And really, it's, you know, it, it is the, the epitome of co-awesomating. It is connecting the people that are trying to do the same things that have pieces of the puzzle that the others don't, mm-hmm. right? Because it does, it really, really does take a village. Yeah. So I don't want to be the nutritionist. I don't, I am an herbalist, but I don't want to be the apothecary. I want to connect people to the people that are, that are experts in that field so that I can focus on my zone of genius, mm-hmm. which is, the megaphone piece, I guess. <laughs> and I, I will forever be the water lady, um, but it's not so much about the product. It's about the impact that it has mm-hmm. and the way that it's given me to serve. Well, again, it's all it's serendipitous how things all come together. Yes, it is. A book that was given to me that first year, <clears throat> it's called The True Believer is the name of the book. And it was written in the 60s by a philosophy professor at Berkeley. And he's, it's his thoughts on the nature of mass movements. So he looked at everything from <clears throat> Hitlerism to Christianity to every movement that had occurred throughout history. And here's the commonality he found. Those who would transform a nation cannot do so by breeding and captivating discontent of the intended changes mm. or by coercing people into a new way of life. They must know how to kindle and fan an extravagant hope for a new future. Mm-hmm. So if we just continue to attack the current medical system and talk about how bad it, blah, 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 and just go through that whole coerce you into believing, it's not mm-hmm. going to work. Right, yeah. We are, we are kindling and creating, a, fanning an extravagant hope for a world without cancer. Yeah. And that's how this movement is happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, I'm not saying, I'm not justifying Hitler. I'm just saying that he created a a belief that there could be a better Germany than what they were living in. Right. Mm -hmm. And he created a movement. It was a bad movement, but it was a movement. (laughs) You know, it was a bad movement, but it was a movement. I mean, he did let Otto Warburg live that, you know, gave us some insight. It's crazy to me that they had so much information and on cancer back then and where we are today. What else aren't they telling us, Amanda? Right. It's really frustrating. Like, he was extremely intelligent. Some of the things that you were reading off and his findings. And, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just reading it. I don't even clue what those words mean. I'm right. just reading what it says there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're telling me that we don't have a cure today? Well, yes. we have a guest 
planned in the next <laughs> few weeks from Los Angeles, who has agreed to call into this show. Okay. She found Otto Wurgsberg's stuff when she had one month to live. She was given given a diagnosis of a terminal brain tumor with one month to live. One year later, she made a documentary about what Warburg talks about. Oh, really? And she emailed me and wants to be a guest on the show. Yes. Is that not exciting? Yeah, that is, actually. Yeah. Very exciting. So it is out there. People are finding it. But why aren't more people talking about it? Well, because we get in trouble for Using the that megaphone. Yeah. yeah, so we're, we're, we're working on ways to help people find those answers without there's a there's an art <laughs> to going big while still flying under the radar yep. and it's not like we're not doing anything bad we're really we're just trying to help people get healthy and and vibrant mm-hmm. um well here's here's how i want to help because we want a little bit of time left we have a we have a we have two stores now we have two stores for getting cancer we have one at 3737 cherry avenue we have a second one at in vancouver washington on the corner of fourth plane and 162nd avenue and okay you can go in and get a hat a beanie a shirt at both locations but for the entire month of january ten dollars from either location is going to fund the vancouver location oh that's buy awesome. a shirt there mm-hmm. buy a shirt here, I will give $10 from every single purchase back to Vancouver. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, you guys, what a great show. Thank you for coming Thanks, in Amanda. with me. Appreciate it. All right, Marianne McNally is our sponsor for this second half. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. So if you guys are looking to buy a home or sell a home, definitely give her a call at 503-409-4389 and we'll be back next week as, as the, the movement, movement continues. continues.